Okay, so it looks like we're live and on time. So it's going to be a good day today. As usual, I did all my prayers before, so we can just uh, start. And uh, the usual intro, this is a series of lectures on the 24 Gurus as they are described in the 11th canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam by Anavadhuta to Yadu Maharaj. And uh, we've covered seven, so <laughs> we've got a long way to go, especially if it's, if it's a monthly uh, thing. But uh, today we're talking about the sun, and uh, if the one on the moon was easy, you can understand how a class, um, seeing the parallels um, between the sun and God, and you know, given the guru is the one that points your attention toward God, uh, anyway, let's go in order, but you, you can see how um, easy it's going to be. First of all, um, you know, in my usual analysis of the, you know, uh, stereotypical man on earth, not necessarily primitive man or just, I'm not subs subscribing to any particular reading of the world and world history, but if we assume just a human being going around in the world, what the sun, what impressions the sun um, has on, on this person's, um... ooh, what's going on? Oh boy. Apparently I've been signed out of, uh, of Zoom, I'm not quite sure. Yeah, for one time, I don't know if somebody's in the chat, I, I really, Gee, for one time that everything was going smoothly. So um, anyway, um, there's never anybody on uh, on Zoom. So as long as YouTube is, yeah, okay. Sorry about the the delay. I I just I got notifications that I got bumped out. But it seems like I'm online everywhere and and streaming everywhere. So back to the sun. Um, so you can see that um, it's easy to um, see a link between uh, divinity and uh, and the sun because sorry i'm just maximizing i'm just uh making sure i see myself both on it's just bizarre i don't understand Anyway, it says I'm live, so I'm just going to keep going. I don't quite understand who bumped me out. At any rate, um, it's easy to see the link between divinity and the sun and the guru. So uh, the sun is in the sky for everyone to see. And it's like such an um, unmistakable expression of power power way beyond ours, right? Uh, it comes, it's like high in the sky. We talked about uh, the, the up direction when we were discussing air as the guru, how man can walk anywhere, anywhere on earth, uh, even downward, even in, inside the earth, but up. So up has always been the direction of uh, divinity and, um, you know, the incense goes up, the flames, the smoke, 
they all go up and then rain comes from above and sunshine and the sun so and you and both rain and the sun are um life givers the sun is worshipped i hope the howling monkeys are not as loud as i hear them but the sun is worshipped has been worshipped in all all sorts of uh, civilizations and um even in christianity um anyway i won't get there but if you know you know uh, all kinds of sun worships were replaced by the cult of jesus christ over the centuries because um well because they had to whatever their agenda but um the sun is life giver directly or indirectly uh because it's um it, it um how would you say well it causes it, it well it, it's intrinsic to vegetation and then vegetation is food to other animals and uh, the sun causes evaporation so it causes the same rain which is life-giving so um from the point of view of the human experience we we depend so much on the earth you can see how puny we are we depend on the earth we depend on the rain we depend on the sun we depend on air and yet we think we're god but we are divine you know it's uh it's very important to um keep a very sharp mind all the time that's why you know philosophy is um usually uh neglected or or you know <laughs> what parent wants to hear that their child is going to get a degree in philosophy <laughs> philosophy how are you going to put money uh food on the table but uh philosophy is really uh the key to read life in the most successful way so that you can have the most successful uh life And that's why I said, you know, all contradictions can be harmonized to some extent with a philosophical outlook. So I was saying that we depend on the earth, we depend on the sun, we depend on air uh, and the rain, and yet we think we're God. One of um, some realization I've had recently is that we are not God, but God is us. So we are all teeny tiny expressions, expressions of uh, consciousness. And consciousness is, well, first of all, has the prerogative of being impersonal as well as personal. But personality, personhood, individuality is a, a uh, what would you call it, a quality, uh, something that can be found in consciousness. So if it's, if it's found in God, it's found in us. And we're all the, the same we are all consciousness expressing itself at different degrees and different ways. But uh, in that sense, it's very good to keep in mind that we're not God, but God is us. There's nothing but God and his energies. And this will come out in the course of all these lessons, and it has been coming out because, usual reminder, that's really what we're discussing here. We're not talking about sun. We're not talking about the, the pigeon. The next one I dread... Uh, I don't want we'll see we'll see right because i just do my prayers and then whatever comes out comes out 
But next time we're going to have to see how the pigeon is our guru. And yet I was saying we're not talking about the sun, about the pigeon, etc. We're talking about some much, much uh, broader reality and uh, maybe, maybe frame um, through which we can appreciate reality and make the best out of it. So in that sense, <laughs> everything goes. Anyway, today we're talking about the sun. Everything goes, you know, within a certain, um, what do you call it, a parameter or paradigm. Uh, personally, and most likely you who are listening, uh, you've chosen the Gaudiya Siddhanta, the Gaudiya reading key for life, for reality, because uh, it's, uh, it's uh, the most fulfilling. Of course, it's being teached teached it's been taught and preached <laughs> it's been taught and prot in um, in different ways over the centuries based on who can understand it and and then of course it's an experience it is a philosophy it is a religious um, whole system but ultimately it talks about an experience and we can only do our own experience for ourselves so um, no matter how many words you can spend to describe what's at the core of Gaudiya Siddhanta, you need to try it uh, yourself. And uh, as much as you need to try it, which seems like an active thing, an active pursuit is required of us, but you know, this is the path of mercy. And, uh, and that's when it gets all tricky because mercy, like if it's all God, even us, even we are sparks of God. Whose mercy are we? It's, uh, it's, it's, it's fine. It's fine to think in terms of we are asking for the mercy. In, in the very least, it shapes our ego in the most conducive way. I'm not saying that there is no God or that there is no mercy or, uh, you know, far from, my, from what I'm trying to describe. But I, 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 it's such an elusive concept. Maybe to me, because I'm not a worthy receptacle of uh, mercy. But I, I, I was planning on making like a very focused study of what mercy means. What is the mer What is mercy? Who's mercy? To whom? Um, well, obviously we know it's Radharani, and Radharani means Shakti, but the difference between Shakti and Shaktiman. I'm going all over the place because it's what's been on my mind and it's very worth um, uh, discussing and, and uh, focusing your mind on, especially because Radhashtami is coming soon. But we'll be talking about Radharani today if I don't keep changing subjects. So, um, mercy. How's it going from, from the sun to mercy? Um, Consciousness. There, lost my train of thought. What was I talking about? Um, anyway, it'll come back because I'm going to go back to the sun. So I was saying, oh, yeah, we're so puny and we think we're God, but we are divine. So, right, if we think we're God, all of a sudden, the whole point of mercy uh, goes down the drain. And, and that's how you get cut short of you know the most intense experience that that you could have the the, the highest possible goal that you could achieve uh, 
among the, poten the you know the fullest potential that you could um, develop and experience as a unit of consciousness. Um, in a sense, even God is limited. Even God is attracted to this mercy. You know, uh, if you're familiar with the uh, Gaudiya Siddhanta and, and the narrative, you know, God uh, Krishna is after Radharani because. Um, you know, even from his point of view, being God is not as enjoyable as being um, a servant of God. Because that's the other thing. If we take Radharani as mercy, um, then as much as she's the mercy of God to us, the compassion of God to us, from the other side, it's like a lens. If you look from the other side, uh, well, if you see Radharani and, and mercy, uh, from God's um, point of view, it's seen as service, the same energy, right? We know that Radharani is uh, both the expression of God's compassion to us and the expression of our devotion to God. Uh, this is a huge, huge topic. I didn't even know it was going to come out, but it's always worth talking about these things. Uh, okay, so um, <clears throat> the sun. Sun is merciful too. We were talking about how life-given sun is. It causes the very rain which also promotes life on this planet. And um, um, now, the analogy, as far as the, the, the Bhagavatam and, um, you know, the very, the, obviously, metaphors involving the moon are countless in our Vedic literature. Because again, it's up in the sky. You cannot ignore it. Everybody has had an ex uh, experience of the moon and water and earth. And you know, it's always the same point until we get to the pigeon. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But it's always the same point. It's like, it's in your face. It's in everywhere. And because Guru is everywhere, Shri Guru is everywhere because Guru is Krishna. So it's uh, the teaching is everywhere. And what is the teaching? I am everywhere. I'm even you, like we were saying. So um, the sun in the Vedas is usually mentioned uh, in the very least in Prabhupada's examples, because uh, if you look in the Veda base, he mentions that all the time. Um, <clears throat> in, in many ways, the sun is, like I said, in the sky for everybody to see. And yet, it's funny because I was going to say, and I did say, how can you ignore it? And yet you could ignore it, right? If you're a busy, oh, I don't know, mother who needs to take her children to kindergarten and then go to school and then go shopping. Yes, you know, it's daytime, but you don't really think about the sun. If the sun was not there, as my Guru Maharaj Srila Bhaktivedanta Tripurari Swami um, says many times, you would realize if the sun didn't rise one morning, but even behind the clouds, you know, it's daytime. That's how powerful the sun is. You just cannot ignore it. And still we ignore it um, because it's all about the consciousness. It's all about what you're conscious of, what you're aware of. That's why there are infinite universes, because each of us, infinite souls, have a, has a peculiar to themselves vision and interpretation of uh, what's going on. This is true from the most physical material point of view. 
I don't know if you're as um, into those optical illusions as I am. I used to be subscribed to a widget of uh, optical illusions, like every morning it would show me one in my computer. Now I haven't, I don't know what happened, maybe I just changed computer. But um, on YouTube, it's always fascinating to see how, <clears throat> excuse me, certain things are like clearly like this. It's like, like, look at it, clearly, I can see with my eyes. And then no, you just, you just realize it's the brain making sense of whatever electromagnetic frequencies hit the back of your eye upside down and based on so many so much input we got since babyhood just by the way it'll take a few weeks for a baby to recognize a face how by points of reference okay that thing that looks like two eyes framed by eyebrows okay that's a that's a face and every time i hear that face i hear that i see that face i hear that sound and then I get nursed and then I get milk. And so it's all good. When I see that face, it's all good. And we don't even know, but it's all parameters. It's all experience from, from what it's already out there that we make sense of. And then if other people agree on a certain, you know, set of rules of things like, you know, we could say it's daytime in another frame uh, of reference. Somebody could say, what do you mean it's daytime? It, the sun is there, earth is here, the sun is always there. Uh, what do you mean it's daytime? It's daytime here. I'm just saying everything is relative. And uh, whatever we think is reality is just real uh, given the parameters. And uh, as, he, as uh, you know, common people, we don't think about certain things. We're like, no, this is inequivocably this within certain parameters. So um, the sun, so the analogy is given of the sun <clears throat> being in the sky for everybody. You know, uh, same is true with Krishna when he was in the arena in Mathura as, uh, as, a, as a wrestler. Some people were seeing him as the supreme personality of Godhead. Some people were seeing him as a Brahman. Some people were seeing him as Krishna Bhagavan, but let's say Krishna as the you know, poor adolescent son of Nanda who's going to be squashed by these wrestlers. Some people were seeing him as the, you know, um, the object of their, I don't want to say lust, but, you know, their, their lover, their hero, etc. Same reality. So the sun is in the sky for everybody to see. And yet some people ignore it they're not aware as aware of the sun as you know say i'm a garden i am a gardener but say he's a, a gardener would be like oh it's a beautiful sunny day uh oh i don't know i can work outside i i shouldn't be planting the seeds or i should get the sprouts away from the sun or whatever you're much more conscious everybody's got a different <clears throat> perception of the same reality so that example is given or, you know, usually they say uh, the sun is setting, the sun is rising, the sun is always there. Like I was saying, it's the earth that goes around the sun or whatever. Apparently, I'm not quite sure, but they say that the ancients thought that the sun would die, uh, you know, at the end of the day and a new sun, like it would reincarnate. I don't know if it's a Western um, white Christian propaganda to make ancient civilizations 
appear as uh, primitive, or if it's the white people not understanding the poetry behind, like, you know, we, can, we may talk about the wings of an airplane. We don't think that, a, that, a, that an airplane flaps its wings or it's just a way of speaking. I always thought, even as a kid, how crude it is to talk about male and female in relation to screws and, and uh, bolts and nuts or plugs and outlets. I'm like, really? That's the best way you can, well, whatever, it works. And, you know, clearly we don't think there's any <laughs> an interaction of any, you know, sexual sort between a, a bolt and a, and a nut or whatever. So, yeah, the sun dies every, every evening. Um, but the point to make is that it's always the same sun. So, you know, you may just like, you shouldn't say that, uh, the sun rose yesterday and this is the new sun and then another sun. Similarly, you shouldn't think that, um, Ramachandra and Krishna and whoever came after and whoever came before were different gods. They're just expressions of the same, uh, you know, supreme God, etc. Um, another way the sun is mentioned a lot in our uh, Vedic scripture is uh, by uh, having us notice that Um, as much as the sun is the cause of um, so much heat and light. Oh, because by the way, that's the other one, right? Um, let's talk about this other one first. Um, the, the example of the sun is used a lot to talk about um, Shakti and Shaktiman. So the sun, the sun globe, the sun disk, as it, it's sometimes talked about is the source of the energy. It's intrinsically distinguishable from the heat and the, and the, radiate, the radiation of heat and light that we get from the sun, but it's also one and the same. You, you cannot have uh, an experience of the sun without heat and light. So um, again, because everybody has experience of the sun, the example is given of uh, uh, the uh, simultaneous unity and diversity between Shaktiman, God, Bhagawan, and his uh, Shaktis or energies. <clears throat> so, the third way the sun is usually brought about is by saying that the same sun who is the source of uh, life and light uh, you know, light means illumination, it means absence of uh, darkness. And darkness, uh, you know, by comparison means um, absence of light, so absence of knowledge. Uh, if there's light, you know, I know there is a Lego on the floor and I, I'm not going to step on it. Or, um, I mean, you, you know, <laughs> if you've stumbled into this kind of video, you must know as far as this, that light, not, not light means knowledge and therefore darkness means ignorance. Um, however, paradoxically, the sun is both the cause of all this light and of darkness or of shadow. Chaya. Chaya means shadow, reflection, but, but uh, Chaya is one of the names, is one name 
is the name of one of the wives of Suryadev. So, well, because of the Vedic, um, you know, well, say paradigm that the wife is submitted to the husband, subservient to the husband. So the son, but to be honest, apart from Bhumi, I cannot think of any planet, celestial body that's not masculine, but they all have a, you know, a wife or a Shakti. So uh, Surya has Chaya. So Chaya is subservient to the sun. A shadow is subservient to the sun, just like a wife to a husband. And that's pretty much how we can see it. Um, but yeah, the same sun that causes so much light, when you put something in between, is the cause of the shadow. Without sun, you cannot have shadow. You only have darkness. So that's another important uh, analysis. And one of my favorite verses is from Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita. I don't remember the number. Let me see if I have it somewhere. It's um, Madhya Leela, chapter 22, text 31. Krishna Surja Shama Maya, Krishna Surja Shama, Maya Hoyandhokar, Jaha Krishna, Taha, Jahi, Maya, Maya Radhikar. It means that Krishna is like the sun, Krishna Surja Shama. Maya hoy andhakar and Maya is like darkness. Krishna jaha, where Krishna is, taha jahi Maya adhikar. Maya has no uh, jurisdiction. There cannot be Maya where Krishna is, and uh, it's a very really nice verse to keep in mind. So, um, well, so much more could be said about the sun being. So, I mean, obviously, um, say uh, Mahavishnu is the both, or say Bhagavan, without getting into the detail, Bhagavan is both the source of um, Yoga Maya and Mahamaya, who Mahamaya would be the equivalent to shadow, to ignorance, to illusion, to not seeing clearly. And uh, as far as, now we're going to change subject, as far as the sun being source of life, life and health. The sun is also very much uh, connected with uh, health in Ayurveda, in astrology. Um, you know, Surya Namaskar is um, uh, done, well, Surya Namaskar means a salutation, a sun salutation. And obviously it helps because it keeps you moving. So it gets your lymph going early in the morning. Ideally, you want to be barefoot touching the ground. If you don't know what uh, earthing uh, is, you should look into it. I do it every morning. I make sure that I, well, basically when I chant my rounds, I make sure I touch the ground. Now that here that I'm lucky to live in the forest, I'm barefoot on some, there's like a mat of cut weeds. It's like straw. It's not muddy or... It's very nice, and uh, it decreases the inflammation uh, in your body by, uh, well, basically, you're, ground, you're grounded, so you're discharging eh, negative, positive ions, I don't remember, 
but your your body your, your physical body is electrically charged so you just discharge into mother earth which is much bigger than you and so everything that's sensitive to electricity in your body so the viscosity of your red blood cells uh, everything that causes inflammation gets uh, soothed by doing that and of course the sun sun exposure um i'm going to take a little detour from the highest transcendental knowledge but uh, you know it'll probably give you more appreciation for the sun and so the more you appreciate the sun the more you are reminded that the bhagavatam says the sun is your guru um the more the better everything is in your spiritual life or material life if you stop it at these things but uh the sun sun exposure like 15 after 15 minutes of sun exposure the most skin you can the more skin you can ex expose to the sun for 15 minutes will produce vitamin d there's a layer of cholesterol under your skin that when stimulated by ultraviolet radiations will um, cause as a as a result vitamin d in your body and you know from the since the pandemic i didn't know it that vitamin d is as essential and important for health as vitamin c so just see how just by sitting in the sun you you get health health and then uh, so you know what i was saying surya namaskar you touch the earth you get exposed to sun rays and uh well you you do a namaskar you 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 worship you show humility to something higher than you which is always a good exercise every time we can do this in relation to any aspect of life it will be good for us for our spiritual health if nothing else i remember a um a schoolmate of mine in high school she hated our professor and uh, it was just the de facto the default mode of students they hated the the, the, the teacher uh because they give us homework because she called me to the table to talk about whatever the roman empire and i didn't know the lesson and she gave me the low grade weird weird if you think of the reverence and and the awe and this and the indebtedness that there is in in um, in the in the east in oriental traditions for whoever teaches you whoever is your mentor she was like oh she said uh, horrible things about her she was pregnant i hope she loses her baby uh, ah. <laughs> so um gratitude for the guru so yeah my a minimal minimal appreciation for the sun in the very just by doing a surya namaskar just appreciation you're always good as long as you worship as long as you appreciate and uh and you think yourself well not lower in a dysfunctional way but you know you see your place <laughs> weirdly all the wine knowing all the wine all the while knowing that you're divine in nature that you are nothing but consciousness divine substance you know, expressing itself uh, god playing what if i was run over by a car what if i had 10 children what if i was a giraffe what if I was a mafia boss? What if I was a killer? What if I was a dictator? What if I was uh, a, a hero? What if I was, you know, Satyasankatha, whatever Krishna thinks, God thinks, comes into place at different, 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 different levels of uh, expression. So we're just 
one of those what ifs, one of those potentials, one of those possibilities, were characters in uh, God's dream. Um, so, but you know, while keeping our individuality, I mean, you, you can see if you're familiar with our Siddhanta, how deep a relationship you can have with God. It doesn't mean that we're like mindless characters who just, you know, uh, what do you call those actors that just appear in a movie? Extras or something? We're extras in uh, God's dream. Don't see it as a, in a reductive way. I'm saying it quite the opposite. So, um, the sun is good for health, is very much linked with health, with life giving. We saw vegetation, the rain, everything on earth depends on the sun, really. And, and, and so while you understand, now you understand why the Egyptians, any Mesopotamian uh, civilization, the Mayans, everyone has some sort of uh, sun worship. And uh, my guru, Dev, was uh, fond of um, kind of taking people's consciousness. Uh, you know, he, he came, he ran into a lot of hippies in his day. And um, sometimes, and he was a, a big book distributor so he's fond of telling us that in many of these occasions that he, that he would have uh, book tables somebody would say oh whatever they would say about um, after hearing krishna or something or maybe the books weren't even explicitly about krishna but they would say say my guru would say something about their spirituality what's your spirituality and they would say i worship the earth we worship the earth and he would say, oh, that's very good, because mother, you need to be grateful to your mother. It's a very good thing you're doing. But uh, what about the sun? You know, the, the, the earth, life on earth, including you, depends entirely on the sun. And, uh, and they were like, oh, yeah, we should worship the sun. <laughs> and then somehow he would say, and what's the cause of the sun? Uh, I don't know how we take it from there, but we, we saw how easy it is to draw a parallel between sun and God. Uh, you know, the Gayatri Mantra is about the sun. Uh, let me make a note, because I forgot about that. But oof, there's a lot to say about. No, actually, I did make a note. Oh, I'm better than I thought. Let's see how I can stick it in. Um, where is it? I just lost it again. Gayatri, yeah, there it is. Okay. Um, so... He would say, what about the sun? He's also life-given and worthy of, of your worship. And um, so this way he would like um, prepare a teachable, create a teachable moment, as he's fond of saying, so that they would think, oh, yeah, now I can see how it's all, you know, perspective. And, uh, and then, you know, you have God, who's the, sun, who's the cause of the sun and the earth and the rain and everything. And indebtedness, what does it mean to be indebted? Grateful, grateful to who, etc. So anyway, um, now after this introduction, you will be surprised to hear, unless you were already expecting it, that the Srimad Bhagavatam, among the many things it says about the sun, there is one verse, another one that my Guru is fond of quoting, and therefore one that immediately came to my mind which you're going to hear after this sip of water. So, 
it says, let me see if I can find the actual verse. Ayur harati vai pung sang udyanastam chayannaso tasyarte yatkshanoni nita uttamashloka vartaya. Any mix. Both by rising and by setting, the sun decreases the duration of life of everyone, except one who utilizes the time by discussing topics of the all good personality of Godhead. Now, I know the purport to this verse, and it's really, I'm really happy I heard um, the purport or my guru's, um, how would you say, interpretation or commentary on it before I actually read it. In fact, I think I'm probably reading it. I probably read it for the first time a few days ago. Because, oh, by the way, this is um, Srimad Bhagavatam, second canto, chapter three, text 17. It's a bit bizarre to say that the sun by rising and setting decreases the duration of your life, unless you're really, you know, tuned into the poet, tree poeticity <laughs> the poetry of uh yeah unless you can get what it means it's like why is the sun taking my life away okay what what, what it does except for one who utilizes the time by discussing topics of god what it sounds like mean or something no what it's really said or not really but uh, let's see if we can reword it it means that <laughs> It's something that I do a lot in, in, in my own um, musings and analysis of the world or to just uh, shock people or to entertain myself. Sometimes I say, you know, we have this vision of the world that's all, of the material world that's all idyllic, like, oh, the crickets at night, it's so nice, so nice, so romantic. And I think or even say, they're actually shouting how aroused they are. They're saying, I'm sexually available. Anyone, the cicadas that you know about here in, in, um, in Madhuban. Oh boy, comes, uh, come February until May. It's just a bunch of, I think, male cicadas. I don't know who it is, but it's just a sex call. I'm horny, excuse my terminology, but it's all that's happening. And uh, okay, cicadas are not particularly attractive, but the cricket is like, oh, so romantic, so nice, so soothing. It's just a bunch of insects uh, communicating their sexual uh, availability and arousal or the delicious medicinal honey is bee vomit. <laughs> you could say that that way, it's bee vomit or yogurt which is again so good for you and so good is just lactobacillus something poop you know whatever remains after they they've eaten sugar um and so, and so on and so forth like you know a flower a, a tree covered in flowers again flowers are sex organs the tree trees are actually particularly connected with lust they're just there, like, look at me, I'm covered in genitals, come play with my genitals. And I say this, for, like, for shock factor, to, to see, again, how reality, how life is, what you make of it. Tattva is shaped by bhava. What's in you, conscious being, is most important. What's out there is relative to, the, to consciousness. 
you know, that's why I believe Jiva Goswami or, or Rupa Goswami. Uh, anyway, it's stated all, all throughout our scriptures and commentaries that um, And they word it in different ways, but like one spirit soul, one jiva is more important, more intrinsically valuable than the whole material uh, expanse. Um, because it's like, you know, let's say one video, the video game player is the most important thing, um, no matter how many levels the video game has no matter the what things happen in the video game oh he died oh he collected all the eggs whatever it's nothing it's just pixels it's just pixels in a computer that contain you know zero one zero one one binary information about something or other and they keep a record of how many eggs you collected and but it's all relevant the moment you turn off the computer nobody cares but you the player who could go to dinner and keep in mind oh my god i scored so well and you know and if somebody else was playing online because you know nowadays gamers meet and they all think of how the game affected them and they are the one who give meaning to the video game so in that sense one spiritual one atom one unit of um, divine consciousness has more importance than the whole conglomeration of material ingredients and uh, it has importance and it gives importance which is which was my original uh, point uh, what was I saying so yeah bee vomit well you call it bee vomit I call it honey <laughs> and I make sweets for Krishna with it um, but so we were talking about the sun being life-given and now the same Bhagavatam says at every sunrise, even more so at every sunset, the sun is reminding you. It's not that it's taking your life away. Okay, yes, the, the, the verse says Ayur Harati. Harati means snatches away. Uh, Hari, Hari means he who takes away your material desires, steals your heart, etc. Harati means snatcher. So Ayur Harati means life snatcher. It takes your life away. Every day you're like watching sunset and some people will say, oh, you know, you're on a bench with the love of your life. You're like, look at the sunset glistening on the, on, the, on the sea. Let's kiss. And the sadhu would be like, damn, <laughs> another day has gone by. And what have I done with my life? Have I you know, uh, absorbed my thoughts in, 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 in what matters, in, in spiritual thoughts, in am I more self-realized than I was this morning, etc. So uh, it's a very, very profound verse and one worth uh, learning. So that now we're getting to the, to the, the hardcore knowledge and, and um, experience, you know. One thing is to say, yeah, the sun gives me life, the heat, etc. I feel good. Another thing is when you get to the, this type of realization, like, wow, one more day has uh, ended. And what have I done? You know, it keeps you on your toes spiritually, even materially. Chanakya Pandit says, I don't know if he was the first one, but he says, we should live every day of our material life as if it was the first one 
thinking, yeah, I got all life or, uh, you know, in front of me, I can do all. I haven't fulfilled my senses 100% in every possible way I could today, but there's still tomorrow. But we should see every day as if it was the last one in terms of our spiritual life. We should have that sense of urgency, which is uh, a symptom of a bhava bhakta. We're not bhava bhaktas. We should still have that sense of urgency to develop a sense of urgency. We should have that type of uh, frame in, in, in mind, um, outlook about life. One day is gone. What if I died tonight? I'm going to die and I'm not rooted in the, in the awareness, in the belief, in the conviction that I am a servant of Krishna and Balaram. In, in, in the case of some of us, Radha Krishna or Chaitanya Mahaprabhu or Gauranikai or, you know, Ramachandra even. Um, so that's when the son becomes guru uh, because guru means heavy. That's like, whoa, hardcore Siddhanta there. But it's very useful, you know, it's, try to, to lead your life like that one day. Try to live one day thinking, uh, oh my God, I just realized a very, I just remember another important verse. Okay, good. We'll, we'll talk about that one too. That it's, it's the last day of your life, spiritually. Have you been as humble as you could possibly be? Has, have you been seeing everybody as a spirit soul? Or have you thought, oh God, I can't wait to get this person out of my face? Or just see the environment, you know, we're so good at blaming the environment for everything. It's because of this situation, because of the weather, it's because I don't have the money, it's because of my health, it's because of you, it's because of this. It's, you know, how self-realized are we? You know, it was four o'clock and the day is almost over. And, you know, the day ends at sunset, not at midnight. Well, I don't know when it ends. Uh, in, in, according to the Vedas, the day begins at sunrise. So you would think that it ends right before sunrise but you know given that most people go to bed you know so it's by here the sun sets at 6 30 between 5 30 and 6 30 because we're 10 degrees from the equator so at every sunset it's like <laughs> am i more krishna conscious than i was this morning than i was yesterday not than anybody else you should never compare yourself to anybody else both whether they're more advanced than you or less advanced than you we're all on our on our rafters by ourselves in, in our life in, in our spiritual pursuit even more so the guru is just on his own rafter in front in front of us saying watch out for that rock you know stay to the left to the left stay, stay to the right but he cannot become krishna conscious for us even if the goal is liberation he cannot become liberated for us as much as we say that you know the god the, the guru my guru liberated me my guru saved me yes by saying get on a rafter follow me watch out for the rock stay on the left here stay on the right there but you know we really save ourselves once again is it mercy is it our endeavor it's uh it's one and the same so um now, another thing, another verse I remembered is from, I believe, the Rigveda. Om Tadvishno, Om Tadvishno Paramam Padam. Uh, well, I didn't prepare this one. I don't remember it. But it says, 
that the feet of Vishnu are like an all-seeing eye above us. And uh, remember, once uh, a bhakta leader, I was going to the temple in, uh, in Milan in, uh, oh, I don't know, maybe 92. I spent a weekend, so it was like, well, there are two guests. Let's do the, the, the typical Bhagavad Gita class in the afternoon. So we learned some verses. In those two days, I, I memorized um, I memorized it so well. No, I know it. Dehinos min yatha dehe kaumaram yovanam jara tatha dehantara praptis prapti praptis di na prapti diras tatrana muhyati and matras parshas to come to sukaduhkada agama pagino nityastangs the bhartam. And somehow, in the context of explaining those two verses, he said that we should uh, behave every day as if, our guru, as if our guru was in the room. Imagine. I mean, I took it to heart. I saw, I was like, wow, that's intense. That's profound. But I don't think I could do it one day. And I did spend 24 hours with my guru traveling and such. But, um, you know... I think you should try, and the day you can do it 24 hours thinking, whoa, my guru's right here. Should I use this word? Should I act this way? Should I, whatever, use my time this way? Then, uh, of course, we shouldn't become paranoid, but it's a very good exercise to accept theoretically, um, intellectually, but to put into practice as soon as you can, to the extent as you can. You can do that for five minutes, do it. It's a very good exercise. I don't do it myself, but I can rec I recognize it's very good. Uh, but that's what sadhana is, to keep what's important in mind, keep your guru in mind. Uh, keep, um, and, we, you know, we see how easy it is. You see the sun, you see, you know, how the guru is everywhere, not necessarily your initiating guru. It's all an expression of the same Shri Guru principle. So anyway, um, an all-seeing eye, the, the feet of Vishnu are like, you know, like the sun. That's why I, I drew that parallel um, few min five minutes ago in my mind. And, um, and the sun is seen as the eye of Vishnu in the universal form. Um, we talked about the moon last time, and now we're talking about the sun. And they can be found at a microcosmic level. In the human um, body too. The left eye is said to be presided over by the moon, the whole left side of the body I believe, and the right side by the sun. The sun also corresponds to the solar plexus, which is the stomach, so the fire of digestion, I'm pretty sure. And you know fire, sun as, are related, they're both um, sources of uh, heat and light and very powerful and by giving light they allow you to see so the the, the stomach chakra is uh, connected with the sense of sight and um, and the fire of digestion so uh, your colon the well the fire this whole area is where your liver is the liver is responsible for like 500 I think 5,000 metabolic functions. It processes glucose. It recycles uh, spent 
red blood cells turns them into bile, which is, I know everything about the bile because I have gallstones. <laughs> um, so the bile lubricates the food on its way out and, uh, and it alkalizes the, the TH of whatever comes from your stomach, which has pH one. And so much stuff happens in the central, in the core of your body. And, that, and so the colon is like so many microbes, the famous microbiome is there. And so again, that's the link with health. You could see the health could be summarized as minerals. You know, minerals are essential, even more than vitamins. Minerals are essential at the cellular level. Every cell needs, uh, relies on the sodium potassium pump to exchange information, et cetera, et cetera. So they're minerals and then, you know, calcium, you name it. And minerals are earth. And so the colon is where the food <laughs> turns into you know, mud, mud-like substances. So that's where the minerals, everything gets absorbed. And so health of the colon, minerals, and then, and then um, uh, air, breathing. So if you go subtle, we saw in, well, the series of lectures about pranayama that, um, Breathing is, is, is the link between the physical, our physical, <coughs> excuse me, reality and the mind, because the breath calms the mind, controls the mind. And with your mind, you can control your breath, which, you know, uh, uh, if you breathe slowly enough in a relaxed way, uh, etc., it pumps your organs, it, it pushes on the spine. Anyway, health. So health is physically minerals and uh, say mentally the air and then energetically the sun oh, besides presiding over, you know, sight and all these things it corresponds with the, 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 the transversal colon and the, and the liver. And just so you can see all these correspondences. So even if you have gallstones, you can think of the sun <laughs> and have guru, etc. But where was I going with this? Mm. the all-seeing eye so yeah the right eye is the 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 sun is the right eye of vishnu and it corresponds to our right eye too because as you as you heard me say many times whatever is true of vishnu whatever is said of vishnu macrocosmically is true of us and now i'm running out of time so i won't say this time let me see in my notes if there is uh, we we're going to talk about radharani I don't know if I should go longer today. I'm not going to do two lessons because, like I said, we still have 17 to go. And I don't know where I'll be in 17 months. And um, I might have to skip. We'll see. We'll see. So let's see. I talked about, oh, Pushpavanto. Yeah. Another, obviously, we talked about the moon last time. So Dora Nitaia like the sun and the moon. So we're never going to see the sun and the full moon and the sun together on the same horizon. But every time we see the sun and every time we see the moon, that's a very good occasion to think about Gaunitai and our life will be perfect. And then we talked about Ayurharati. We talked about uh, Krishna Surya Shama, the sun giver of health and, uh, and life, but also <laughs> sun taking away your life by reminding you that another day has gone by. Sun in the Gayatri. Okay, that, that is a very, very important thing. Uh, all of you who have initiation into the Brahma Gayatri Mantra know that 
again, you could take it as a meditation on the sun. Brahmana doesn't mean Vaishnav, doesn't even mean theist. You could be chanting Brahma Gayatri as a way of focusing on the divine by um, uh, equating God with the sun, which is such a prominent presence in our life. And every time it arises, every time, every day it sets. And then at noon, you see that it's right above us and it, it's just um, so prominent. Now, some people are, there's a bit of controversy about the Sandhya. It's like the Sandhya in the morning, yes, the, turn, the night turns into day. That's a very, you know, can't miss that. Day turns into night. You can see the birds are very excited at sunrise, at sunset, uh, the cows butt heads the dogs play here Madhava, we see it all the birds the bu the bugs it's like a triumph of the energy is really strong shiva is said to go around with all kinds of bhutas you know goblins and and, and, and ghosts at sun at sunset it's an intense it's like oh, the day is turning into night it's like you know like an eclipse it's a very if you are sensitive enough energetically you perceive all, all that animals perceive it um, what was I talking about? Uh, the Gayatri. So some people don't see the Sandhya, like, okay, morn, morning turns into night. Well, you know, the sun goes to the highest point, and then it goes, it's not as uh, dramatic as sunrise and sunset, but that's also Sandhya. Anyway, you chant Gayatri in those times, and then you so you meditate on uh the sun, God, being this bright source of inspiration that uh, prachodayat enthuses us. And yet, this splendid, the, the splendor of the sun. Yeah, how do we know that the sun is there? Because the splendor of the sun gets to us. By the way, I don't know if you know, in pop culture, uh, on September 23rd, I mean, I think it's an astronomical phenomenon, but on September 23rd, a uh, sun flash, a comet is supposed to hit the sun. Take it with a grain of salt. I haven't verified it with uh, whatever, astro astronomic source, uh, astronomy sources, but the new age people, you know, mediums, whatnot, people into, what are they called? Conspiracy theories and whatnot. They say that on uh, September 23rd, the sun is going to be hit by a comet and there's going to be like a flash of uh, some radiations coming to Earth at like an incredible speed and uh, it's going to cause a spiritual awakening of sort and uh, things will go, but people, people will finally see that, whoa, something, I don't know, I hope they understand that the way they've been doing politics, agriculture, you know, treating the environment, treating people is just unsustainable. And then people are going to be more illumined that way. Let's see. But September 22nd is Radhashtami. So it's uh, kind of interesting that between the 22nd and the 30, 23rd, this major thing is going to happen. So stay tuned, stay open, <laughs> keep your senses and your consciousness open. Let's see what, what's going to happen. But there's this word bharga. Bharga means splendor, right? If, uh, so, like we get the sun flash on September 23rd, any experience we have of the sun is because of its light. You know, it takes what, eight seconds for the sun 
to hit Earth, to hit our eyes. So they say that when the sun sets and you see the last bit of sun go bloop uh, under the horizon, uh, that actually happened eight seconds before, because the light takes some time to cover that huge distance between the sun and the earth. Oh, we're out of time. Let's see, let me just push it five, 10 more minutes. Uh, so Bharga is the light of the sun that really makes the sun relevant to us. And again, I mean, how can you separate the sun from its light? Well, and yet here we are. They're one and the same, just like Krishna are one and the same, just like Bharga. Sri Shremaraj had this realization of uh, describing, of, uh, of uh, equating or, or recognizing Bharga as uh, Radharani. So he's saying, well, the Gayatri Mantra is enthusing us, Prachodayat, to serve. It, the Gayatri Mantra is all about Radhadasyam. Like you thought it was a meditation on the sun. <laughs> and uh, well, who's the sun? The sun is Krishna. And, uh, and uh, Radharani is enthusing us by being Krishna's mercy. And, and, um, and she's also the vehicle, Prachodayat. She in, enthuses us to do what? Service. And she is service. So every service we do to Krishna is uh, perceived by Krishna through Radharani in a very generic uh, way. So, well, that's two words spent on the Gayatri Mantra. There's a whole book about it, so um, I suggest you look for that. Let me see if I can squeeze something more. Uh, well, luckily I covered everything. Well, Radharani is the, son, the daughter of Bhanu, Vrushabhanu. Vrusha means rain, Bhanu means sun and uh you know how these um name vedic names go uh, people who have so many children like even krishna you know he had 10 children from each wife and then after a while even krishna runs out of imagination so it's like charu sucharu vicharu charu charu whatever so vrishabhanu's brother were like bhanu prabhanu bhanu bhanu abhanu vrishabhanu i don't remember them but he was vrishabhanu rain and sun and Radharani was uh, a sun worshiper. She would uh, worship the sun by, I think, family tradition. But really as an excuse to get out of the eyes of his uh, mother-in-law so that at noon he could, um, she could meet with Krishna at Radhakund and worship the real sun as, uh, as we can conceive, conceive. Finally, Okay, well, I'll just end on this uh, romantic note. I just said that, you know, the sunset is taking away our life. And yet, you know, you could think of the sun. As a matter of fact, it's one of my favorite things to do. During the rainy season here, the sun gets all reddish at sunset because of the refraction through the atmosphere, the, the whatever. When there are tiny, you know, puffy sheep-like clouds, they get dark. They're like... Uh, a, a bluish, darkish, really Krishna conception, uh, conception, complexion, like you see in those Mughal miniatures, Krishna is that weird dusky blue. And then on the bottom, they're illumined by this coppery pinkish Aruna color. And so they say that that's the color of Krishna's feet. You just seen a cloud, a bluish cloud with reddish pinkish 
bottoms and so you're seeing Krishna's feet or sometimes um, Krishna's eyes the inside of his eyes is colored by which you know to me it feels like he's got conjunctivitis but in in, in Vedic um, poetry it, it's attractive if somebody has red inside of their eyes and that's also the coppery uh, color of uh, the sun at uh, sunrise or sunset and uh, so even in that uh, song I wrote for uh, Mangalarati, there are two or three uh, references to the sun, this color Aruna. Aruna means uh, peach, salmon, saffron. It's like orange rust, not, not eh, something like this color. And incidentally, it is said to be the color that corresponds with Sakyaras. So I'm going to end on this very beautiful note. And uh, next month, or whenever I can find a, a, a hole in the calendar, somehow <laughs> we will be talking about uh, the pigeon as our guru. I mean, the, the teaching is quite clear. The, the teaching behind the story of the pigeon is quite clear. It's just dry and very, you know, Vedantic. But, you know, let's, let's reserve the magic for next time. Let's see how we can make it sweet in a Godia Krishna conscious way. So thank you all for listening, whoever you are, I don't see anybody. Obraja Sundar is there. Uh, whoever will see uh, this class in the future, thank you for your patience. And um, let's all be enthused, prachodayat, by, by this um, sun ray. Today is a beautiful sunny day. And uh, let's keep in mind all these things we talked about. There is no way you cannot be Krishna conscious sooner or later. All right, I'm going to end here. Vanchakalpatarubhyascha Kripasim Dhubhyaiva Chapatitanam Pavanibhyo Vaishnavibhyo Namo Namaha Shila Guru Maharaj Ki Jai